everyone, and welcome to DevOps Decrypted. This is our first episode. Um, I'm your host, Romy Greenfield. I'm a software engineer at Adaptivist. And joining me today are Jobin Karavilla. Jobin, what do you do? Uh, hey, I am the head of solution strategies at Adaptivist. Um, so we take care of all things DevOps, plus a lot more on the professional services area. Um, it's all fun. It's all DevOps. Awesome. We've also got Matt Saunders joining us. Hello. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, I'm Matt. Um, yeah, I do DevOps. Oh, don't we all? Um, <laughs> no, really. So, I'm, uh, I guess I'm the head of internal DevOps to do things internally, DevOpsing up all of our stuff. Lovely. And then we've also got Lisa Schaefer joining us. Hi, everyone. Uh, I am a managing consultant uh, that looks after one of the uh, DevOps teams under professional services for Adaptivist. Cool. Um, so what is this show going to be all about? Um, we're just going to discuss everything DevOps. We're going to have some guest speakers. We're going to talk about anything that interests us and any experiences that we've had. Um, guys, is there anything else you want to add to that that people can expect to be in the show? I think it's going to be a mix of DevOps for dummies, plus all the <laughs> deep technical talks that we would love to have at some point. It'll be around technologies, it'll be around tools, it'll be around uh, people, process, a lot more. Yeah, I guess I'm the dummy at the moment because I'm just kind of dipping my toe in the DevOps water. <laughs> we'll try and do that. Yeah, I think um, there's a, a lot to be said. Lots of people like talking about what DevOps is. I know mm -hmm. I do. Um, I think everyone does. And also going to what it isn't, uh, mostly through hopefully a load of experiential stuff. So we'll go through what we've actually really done, what we've seen people doing, um, what we ourselves have done across, yeah, people, process, technology, tools, all that sort of stuff, I think is where we want to go. Awesome. All the buzzwords in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. <laughs> there, there is a lot more buzzwords. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. wait for them. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you all to explain every single one <laughs> in extreme <laughs> detail. Is there anything else that you think is going to be helpful for our listeners or subscribers? Like, why are we having this show? I think Adaptive's had a great track record on uh, podcasts, but mostly around Atlassian and the ecosystem around it. Now that we have expanded out to different areas, the adjacent ecosystems, and specifically to DevOps and Agile, uh, transformations. I think it's good for our listeners to go deep into DevOps and learn what DevOps is, why we are doing it, what adaptivists can do for them, and obviously learn a bit more about DevOps technologies around. I'd say maybe um, maybe a little bit less technology as well, because um, one of the uh, one of the issues we had before um, was um, that obviously uh, adaptivists have very large Atlassian partner. That's what we were known for. Um, the DevOps conversations we, I found always tended to drift towards those tools. So it's all mm. about, yeah, so DevOps, people, process, etc. Oh, but never mind that. So Atlassian, Jira, Confluence, uh, Bitbucket, mm -hmm. all these sort of things. Um, do they count as buzzwords? If so, then I need to put a few pennies in the jar. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so having good conversations about technology and also having good conversations about not technology as well. Mm. And so how did you guys get into the DevOpsy way of life. <laughs> I love these stories. Um, I think I first encountered it at um, uh, a conference called Velocity that O'Reilly put together. Um, and there was this very well-dressed guy uh, called Gene Kim. 
um, who is speaking uh, very lucidly about, not about technology, but about how people actually really get things done. Um, so, yes, we can do lots of great technology and use these tools. Um, but actually, are these, why are these people actually doing all this stuff? What's it all, what's it all actually about? And it turns out it's about flow and getting things done, um, reducing latencies within your organization. And yeah, whole new world there. Um, and then I realized, yeah, actually, we've kind of been doing some of this before. Um, and also, in doing some of these things, things like dev and ops people actually talking about putting together a real system. Um, we're highlighting some of some of the real issues and the fact that um, culturally and organizationally, a lot of companies aren't really set up for this. Um, you get teams of developers who want to write code and product managers screaming at them to get more features down um, and then them chucking things over the wall to ops teams um, and having worked on both sides of the fence there. Um, uh, I kind of observed that going on. So it was great to see a name put onto these sort of behaviours, the things that seem that they should be obvious within an organisation. That must have been about, mm -hmm. about a decade ago or so. Um, that's how I first got into it. Um, and um, yeah, once once you see once you start seeing the light, you uh, you don't really want to look back. <laughs> that that is right. Yeah, and recently I think we were doing a presentation for our top customers. The customer services team were doing it, and there was this interesting question that came up: Why DevOps? Why are we doing this? And and I think uh, we started talking about a chocolate factory, where we talked about you know. Uh, the word agile means a lot to many people now. We, we are actually delivering faster now. Uh, developers have an agile process where they uh, iterate really fast and uh, produce a lot of software, quality software really fast. But how do we get it to the customer? I, it's like the chocolate factory where they're uh, working on that process to create chocolates fast, but the delivery system is probably not that smooth, which means you know it's taking a lot of time for them to deliver these chocolates to the real consumers. Your birthday boys are waiting for the chocolates to come to their home. Uh, that's where DevOps come in. It is creating that agility in delivery. Uh, so you're, you're delivering faster now to the customers. Uh, people are getting the chocolates faster on time, right? Mm. So that's where DevOps come Delicious. in. Delicious. That's why DevOps, yeah. <laughs> Yes, deliver me my chocolates faster, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can just add to that, I, um, I, I've spent a lot of time in, uh, in uh, large companies going through digital transformation and, and have always been an advocate for reducing uh, waste uh, and, and automating as much as you can so that you, you know, you're, you're not just a, a, a monkey on a keyboard you know, churning out the same thing over and over again. Uh, it, it's all about that working smarter, not harder. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is what we really want to uh, embed in these conversations around DevOps. Great. Thanks, guys. So what are the common problems in the industry that you think DevOps addresses? Well, I could start on that. I think um, things like uh, leaving boxes of chocolates in non-air-conditioned rooms um, to spoil. Um, or maybe um, getting uh, getting those boxes of chocolates and ending up with them um, in Romy's house, but all squashed. Um, I'd still eat them. 
Actually, yeah, I would still. Yeah, I would too. I think, yeah, we probably share a passion for chocolate. Um, so, so you mean yeah. reduce the wastage, Exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. that. Thank you for bringing us back on topic, Joby. Um, <laughs> yes, reducing wastage. Um, and uh, you, you always find, um, especially in bigger companies, um, in the industry, um, you find that there is waste and it's all very accidental. Um, it's not like there are people who are looking around warehouses and seeing pallets of chocolates that are about to go off and need to get shipped out. Um, we could probably could use it a vaccine um, analogy here, actually, but never mind. Um, people have had enough of that. Yeah, please. Let's stick with the chocolates, guys. Let's stick with the chocolates. That's more wholesome than the COVID vaccines. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so... A lot of the issues come down to visibility of things. You get companies who are growing um, and accidentally end up building themselves silos. We talk mm. a lot about silos um, in yeah. the DevOps world, and you don't really see them coming. Um, it can be especially bad, um, given that we're all remote. We don't really know exactly what everyone else is up to. We can't necessarily mm -hmm. see things flowing through an organization mm -hmm. or even what that happy path should be. Um, and so... And we've almost been encouraged uh, to work like that. If you look at going back to when I was at university a very, very, very long time ago, um, we were taught to go off and do things and specialise in things and become experts. So you get all these all these big teams of experts who are really, really good at doing the things that, they, that they're good at. Maybe it's coding in um, Groovy or maybe it's um, building infrastructure in Amazon Web Services or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, and... Um, the, the common problems we see out in industry is just not being able to join those things up to actually deliver value. So the, co the company exists for some reason. Um, maybe it's to produce chocolates. Maybe it's to produce um, software um, or you know, whatever it is. Actually seeing the value uh, there can be, can be very, very difficult. Joe. I know, I was just saying what's... Oh, vaccines, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you want to put a buzzword around it, I mean, that's value stream management for you, right? I mean, you you, you try to reduce the waste stage, look at where where, where the value is. Um, and that's not just it. You, know, you mentioned about, you know, collaborating better. Um, mm -hmm. So that's another aspect of DevOps, uh, better mm -hmm. traceability, uh, mm -hmm. looking at the problems from a different way, you know, monitoring, be, be it monitoring or the integration between different tools, um, you get better, better traceability into what's happening um, all the way from development to, you know, delivery. Um, I, I think uh, we already talked about, you know, the time to market for chocolates. Uh, so that's another best word around that, you know, it's the time to market that we are improving here. Uh, the cycle yeah. time by doing automation that Lisa was talking about. Uh, you are now doing continuous integration, continuous delivery. So the cycle time for, you know, taking a particular feature into that particular environment, be it staging or production, it, it's now coming down. So that's another important aspect of DevOps. So, so I think, I mean, it's fair to say that there are a lot of problems that DevOps addresses, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I've seen a lot of problems without having DevOps practices in place <laughs> at a few companies that I've worked at previously. So I'm glad that DevOps is becoming more spoken about and more widely used. So that's all good. Um, what are the common misconceptions around DevOps that you think people have? Um, so I have a funny story. Um, I did some work for a client a few years ago and um, 
they asked me, did uh, does when when is Atlassian going to bring out a a button for DevOps um, in Jira? And I'm not I'm not kidding. That that was the actual question from executive level people. They were saying, <laughs> you know, when is there going to be a DevOps module so that we can do this DevOps thing? And I think one, <laughs> the biggest misconception about DevOps is that. The person thinks that you can buy DevOps out of a box, or you can, mm-hmm. you know, apply a couple of processes, and and then you're DevOps. Mm-hmm. And it it really isn't that. It, it's a it's a cultural um, shift. It, it's the whole way an organization is structured, mm-hmm. and and the mindset towards how they work. To like Jobin was saying earlier, to to get to market quicker, to automate as much as you can, and to work collaboratively. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. You would see a lot of the companies or the customers that we work with, they think that they are doing DevOps. That's because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. either have Jenkins or they have GitLab or maybe a combination of Bamboo, Bitbucket, and Jira, right? And mm-hmm. they think they are doing DevOps because yeah. they are automating yeah. some things. They have pipelines somewhere written, and they have a tool. And most people associate DevOps with that particular tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would actually even see that when we're hiring folks, right? When we when we try to hire DevOps engineers, most people think they are DevOps engineers because they have experience with one particular tool. Mm-hmm. I guess I have a Jenkins certification, so I'm a DevOps engineer, which <laughs> probably may not be true. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you not just claim you're a little bit DevOps then? Can you just mm-hmm. say I'm 10% DevOps? <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are. I mean, it, it is definitely a value addition. I'm I'm not discounting that. Mm-hmm. If you know Jenkins, you probably know more more DevOps than you know a lot of other folks. So I'm not yeah. discounting that, but that's not just it. Mm-hmm. You've tasted the DevOps chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> You've just had one corner from the multi exactly. selection. <laughs> yeah, it's worth looking at, um, you know, where we've come from um, and what this what these used to be. Um, some people say, "Oh, good DevOps is just like uh, well, we used to do that back in the 1990s, and we called it being a sysadmin." Mm. Um, I, I was a proud sysadmin in the 1990s, looking after my servers and the things that ran on them. Um, and uh, w- one of the things I neglected to mention in, in the intro was um, that DevOps came about from um, this concept of um, it was originally called like agile sysadmin. Mm-hmm. Not sure if that was the exact term, but it was something like that. Um, and uh, so it's uh, it's quite interesting seeing the misconceptions around it being sysadmin, just a load of tools, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the unique bit is this this element of, of agility. Um, mm-hmm. So um, and that then plays itself out in all the things we do with our tools, like the automation, for example. Um, again, misconception is that um, it's it's just about automation, just automate mm. everything and you'll be able to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's automating the right things um, and going off and uh, finding the things where putting the automation in gets you ahead significantly in terms of reducing um, manual errors and things that you do 15 times a day um, and let you get your throughput up in um, in that sense. Um, and so, so yeah, when we talk about misconceptions, I often come back to this um, um, this this kind of standoff between the technical, um, which is all good, uh, which is all absolutely things we should be doing. Um, yeah. But if you're not rooting it in some way of being um, kind of agile in the way mm-hmm. that you do this stuff, um, then yeah, you get you get into this position where companies think that they are doing DevOps, um, and they are, but they're kind of following along by rote somewhat. Um, if you can be agile with it and do the right things around it, then um, you're going to get a hell of a lot further. 
Um, it's actually interesting that you mentioned agility because uh, I think a lot of um, misconception around DevOps is, you know, um, a company will go from being uh, a waterfall or traditional, traditionally managed, should I say, mm-hmm. and, and then decide, okay, we want to be DevOps. But it's a journey. Uh, you don't just become DevOps. You know, there, there's your agile framework that you have to identify and agree on. Um, you have to put down that framework. You have to put the correct roles into place. And then you have to grow. Becoming agile is not just a, a, a framework or a process that you put on. You don't just hire a scrum master and then you're agile. Um, it's a journey that a, a company or an organization will go on. And through, through that journey of becoming more mature within their agility, they will eventually become DevOps. Mm-hmm. But you can't just go from traditional to, okay, now we're DevOps because we're using CICD pipelines. Um, mm-hmm. It just it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I suppose they've got to get comfortable with a new way of working. Because I know yeah. I've I've been in a team that wanted to do everything agile and we were talking about SRE and DevOps and had a DevOps team and it was great, but it was kind of the only small bit of this huge company that had anything to do with that. And as soon mm-hmm. as the rest of the company got involved, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa no, no, we need to you know, pair this back and stay, stay waterfall, stay waterfall. Yeah, there's something more in there, which is um, yeah. picking up on Lisa, um, uh, what you said, and also what you just said, Romy, about like the scope of these things. Um, a lot of people underestimate when they go into an agile transformation, just, just how, how wide it needs to be to actually be effective. Yeah. Um, and the reality is that um, you, you, you can get some teams doing Scrum and get them, you know, doing two weekly cadences to do releases um, relatively easily, um, but it's it's all for nothing if you can't actually get ideas from wherever they come from to being fully delivered. Um, yeah. And the reality is that getting all that stuff done in a large organisation cuts across so many different teams mm-hmm. um, that it is a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you see people suggesting things like um, using lighthouse projects or, or tracer bullets. So you want to change you want to change the way you do things through an agile transformation, through a DevOps transformation. Find something that's small enough to get you through all those levels of the business, but is also big enough um, that people sit up and, and, and take notice. Yeah, and to the point Matt was making earlier about you know being a sysadmin and uh, you know DevOps, uh, I think there's a cultural issue there too because a lot of the people think that okay once we embrace DevOps it means that I'm losing my job right a lot of the sysadmins fear yeah. that yeah uh, which is also a problem because once you have that resistance uh, culture uh, it, it's very difficult to implement DevOps in an organization and that's a problem that we encounter uh, when we work with customers quite a lot what they don't realize is you know once once we embrace DevOps it is actually making their lives easier mm-hmm. uh, giving them time to actually work on the things that really matter right? Uh, yeah. to, to improve efficiency, to look at the quality of the process, uh, to look, uh, to improve the security of the software that you're developing. All those things that you have ignored for so long, now you're getting the time, uh, getting the time to concentrate on those little things. Right? Mm-hmm. So DevOps is not actually taking away anybody's jobs. It's actually freeing you to do things better, working smarter, as Rami was mentioning earlier. Yeah, and uh, a little bit of pain now for long-term benefits. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of fear 
of change. I think it's natural for humans yeah, to not like new stuff. Don't, we don't want this change. I've been working this way for 20 years. Why do I want to change now? So it is a bit of teething pains, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not just working on different things. It's not like you know, one day you're, you're doing things in a certain way and some consultant has come in and said, tomorrow you're going to do it in this way. Mm. Um, it's, um, it's much more fundamental than that. Um, in that, um, if you if you're envisaging like a whole whole if you're envisaging things in the, in the systems context, uh, there's almost an expectation that people will kind of understand the whole of that context, you know, from dev through to test through to production and infrastructure. Um, and for a lot of people who are used to um, specialising in these well, frankly, silos that they've been in and now being asked to be a bit more generalist. It is a scary thing. Mm. Um, it, it's not for everyone, um, but it mm. does reflect the way that the industry is, um, is, is going. Um, so how did you guys become passionate about uh, you know, DevOps? Like Lisa, let's go to you first. What, what made you passionate about DevOps? What piqued your interest? Um, I think for me, uh, I've always been uh, an advocate of, you know, change and um, improving efficiencies, simplifying things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to approach problems with a simplistic breakdown of how it could be solved. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Um, you know, I've always loved technology. Uh, I, I really, really, really get excited about technology, a uh, bit of uh, a geek, the geek in me. Um, and <clears throat> I just, I've always been involved in the agile, I mean, for a, a good, you know, 15 plus years involved in agile transformation. Um, you know, I'm certified Scrum Master, et cetera. And, and I've, I've loved to see how companies grow and change in their journey of becoming DevOps. Uh, and, and as Matt was saying earlier, I mean, you know, DevOps hasn't been around for a long time. Uh, but, you know, if, if, you, if you were one of those people that were kind of involved in, you know, agile transformation and, and you got a taste of the DevOps world and just seeing how companies improve, it's, it's almost like, <laughs> I know this is a dumb example, but it's almost like buying a plant and watering it and feeding it and over time, you just see it grow, and then maybe it'll 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 bite a little flower or something like that. But but it's 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 going into a company and being a part of that journey, seeing all the pain that they were in in the beginning. Yeah, um, you know, walking alongside them in the journey and helping with improving things. And and I'm always about improvement. I, I love to. I always feel like even if you're really good at what you do, there's always room for improvement. And I feel like that's the same of companies. You know, whether you're a large organization or a small startup, there's always room for improvement. There's always ways to improve efficiencies and, and do things better. Uh, at the end of the day, you want to be a market leader and, and, and DevOps helps you get there. Uh, and I, and I really, I, I really love it. I really love being a part of it and uh, being involved um, in, in DevOps teams. That was beautiful. I loved that comparison to a growing <laughs> plant. I can really, I can really like, feel that one because whenever I watch my plants bud I get so excited <laughs> exactly <laughs> what about you Joe Ben well uh for me I think uh, I'll be very honest here uh, I I probably learned most of it while doing it 
that's because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people like me, probably even Matt included, uh, were doing DevOps even before the term was coined, right? Um, people who know me know that I had been working with Atlassian products for quite a long time now. Uh, I even uh, wrote a book on Jira. Uh, but the thing is that uh, I had been working on products like Bamboo, Bitbucket, all these different Bitbucket when it was called Stash. Uh, and we mm-hmm. were creating pipelines. We were uh, defining Git branching workflows all for our different customers uh, years ago. And then obviously DevOps became the fashion, the trend, right? And then mm-hmm. we realized, oh, oh my God, we are already doing DevOps. So why not we actually, you know, do a little bit more marketing around it, you know, selling around it you know, reach out to our customers and say that, hey, we actually know this stuff, so we can do this for you, right? And then we expanded mm-hmm. out of uh, just the Atlassian products into the adjacent ecosystems. We had people who were experts on Jenkins, uh, GitLab, all these different systems. And then, boom, we are doing DevOps. And to be frank, you know, a lot of these tools, uh, they worked similar, but they had different uh, areas where they were concentrating on the tools we're concentrating on. So we had to pick up some of those things while we were doing the job. But once you get that process identified with you, and once you know the basics of it, it's mm-hmm. not hard. It, it, it's a process. It's not the tool that is, uh, you know, fixing your problems. Yeah. So And obviously, you know, I loved every bit of it. And once you start doing it for our customers, and once you can see the improvements it is making in their lives, you know, uh, that that's what you're working for. Yeah, you got addicted to DevOps. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Well face it, I'm addicted <laughs> to DevOps. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's the first episode and I'm already singing. This is not a good start, is it? No, this is a great start. <laughs> Actually, no, you're right. It is a great start. A chocolate, terrible dad singing. Just need a few more dad jokes. This is everything I ever wanted from this oh, podcast. <laughs> fantastic. Um, so passion for me from DevOps. Um, this came to me through um, dating. Would you believe? <laughs> That's a new wow. one. Never heard of this that. This is great. I'm interested to hear this now. <laughs> I, want, I want the full story here. <laughs> It's not quite as good as, as, as I'd hyped it up to be, to be honest. Um, in 2009, I went to work for a startup that was doing um, a video dating site. Um, so we're all doing a podcast and we're recording and we've all got HD definition cameras attached to our screens or our laptops or whatever. Um, way back then, um, this stuff was very much in its infancy. Um, and um, uh, some people in the US had an idea around Doing, um, taking dating um, from being uh, a thing where you, you you write your surveys, your likes, what books you like, and um, what you like doing at the weekend, and type it into a, into a database, and some algorithm matches you. So they decided, no, we've got webcams now. We're just going to change this. So minimum amount of stuff that you put into a form, um, and then the system does match you, um, but then you go onto a webcam chat with with somebody else. Um, and this is the startup idea, which sounds really antiquated and old-fashioned now, um, but was actually reasonably ahead of its time back then. Um, and I went from a relatively large enterprise, uh, three or 400 people, I think. No, that's not relatively large. A, a medium-sized company to this startup, which was um, basically 15 people in a room um, uh, in a very, very noisy office on Oxford Street. Um mm-hmm. The CTO there at the time, great guy who I consider to be one of my 
biggest mentors, and I haven't spoken for far too long, a guy called Nick Ferrier, um, was uh, basically all over everything. Um, and he was doing things like encouraging developers to deploy to production. He was doing things like encouraging them to debug their own code um, and, and uh, you know, see what was going wrong with it when it woke, you know, invariably woke me up in the middle of the night um, <laughs> and, and getting developers involved in that uh, and basically just being really free and open and honest about um, how we get stuff delivered and how devs can write good code um, that doesn't muck up things in production. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, went, went through doing this, having a lovely time, um, thinking, yeah, this is quite cool. Uh, this is this is good, um, and then yeah, then we realised that there is a movement around this stuff, and it's called DevOps. Um, and then I started looking back and thinking some of the experiences I've had in the past, which had really worked quite heavily against me. Um, things like jobs where um, there was a terrible guy who was doing the um, uh, deployments. Um, he used to smell terribly of cheap cologne and cigarette smoke um, and everyone was scared of him um, and I thought back to things like that and the attitude and, and the tribalism that we had between departments in previous jobs that I'd done that just didn't exist in this world mm. um, and that was you know that was that, that unlocked a, a lot of things for me um, and, and eventually led to the thinking around how um, actually this level of openness the cross-pollination of skills, the multifunctional teams, um, all helps you get um, products delivered. Um, it was great. The reason I mentioned that it was all about dating is that that's, that's something that um, everyone can understand. You can understand what you're doing here and having a direct link between what I was doing to getting people on dates with other people who are likely to match with them um, the direct link between those things makes just everything so much easier to deal with, um, so much more straightforward. Um, and, and and a lot of that is DevOps. I can was just asking, Matt, so do you think uh, since you were part of the startup, uh, was it easy for you to pick up DevOps and implement it? Um, would it be the same if you're going into an enterprise and doing it? Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Um, it's not. Um, a startup can do these things. Um, a startup can change the way that it does things very, very quickly. Um, it, it's also uh, easy to see how those things would be of a benefit in, in, in a startup because you think of the, the 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 things that creep into larger companies, like the divisions, the silos, um, the poor communications, the excessive communication over ticketing buses, etc. You'd just be silly to do those sort of things in a in, in a startup, um, and so yeah, um, I went eventually back to an enterprise that wasn't doing DevOps very very well, um, and it's to be to be honest, I found it a pretty depressing experience. Um, you, you you can question very easily why these things have to be like that, and uh, especially back then. So going back about five or six years ago. Um, you go into an enterprise and things are just the way they are because they're the way they are. Yeah. Um, mm. And you want to change things mm. and you sound simplistic and you, and you know, people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll get used to the way things are here. Really? Um, no, you can't do any <laughs> of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that was, that was difficult. Yeah. I, I think it goes back mm. to the point that we made multiple times already. It's not just about the tool. It's all the, also the culture, right? The people and the process. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah. And on, on just on that point, um, I, I was um, lucky enough to work for the, a, a very large mobile banking platform uh, company that I can't say the name, but um, the one uh, head of product actually took a stance and said, I'm going to do this Greenfield project. I want none of the legacy processes or people to be involved. He hired a whole bunch of new people, put down new processes, and that's kind of, I mean, that was in 2006, and that, that's kind of where I started to get involved in DevOps. And, and you're right, Jobin, it's not just tooling. It's, it's somebody in leadership that takes a stance and says, we're not going to do it like that anymore. We're going to do it this way, mm-hmm. and we're going to fail fast, um, and we are going to learn new things, uh, and we're going to, you know, be great. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that is what is exciting. But that was in a really large company, a really large global company. But someone mm-hmm. stood up and said, we're not going to do it like that anymore. Yeah, you just need that one person that spearheads oh, it. Exactly. And then exactly. once they realize, we, you've got that one person, once they realize all the benefits, then it starts, you know, spreading like back to the back to the virus. Yeah, and, and Lisa, <laughs> Lisa, you mentioned about the learning. That is very important because I, I had the same experience for another customer, a big customer, an insurance corporation, where they had I think three hundred developers, you know, working on ClearCase. Uh, they started moving to Bitbucket. Git started using Git, and you know, obviously they, they they wanted to start it as a new project. You know, everything starting from scratch, new process, new workflows, everything. One thing they discounted was, you know, or overlooked was that, you know, the developers they were experienced on ClearCase, they had no history with Git and they didn't know how to do Git. And that actually caused a lot of, lot of problems because that learning or the training was missing there. We had to do a lot mm-hmm. of training afterwards, but looking back, you know, if, if we had accounted for that earlier, that would have saved us a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. So when people come to us to seek help and advice on DevOps, what are the typical challenges and issues that they face? I think I'll go back to the point that we were making earlier, you know, the backing from the executives, right? The C-level lessons. <laughs> if we don't have that, then we are still looking at an organization and different groups. Some of the groups might be interested in implementing DevOps on certain processes. The others may not be as interested. But once you have that person holding the whip and telling everybody to fall in line, uh, yeah. then it makes, makes everything a lot easier. Right? Otherwise, we are still working as different groups, following different processes, maybe even using different tools. Yeah, you have to have that leadership, that person in leadership that it, that is passionate and strongly believes in doing things differently to, to, to spearhead it. And also can pick up the people who are going to help him yes. or her do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you absolutely have to have the right leadership. Um, but um, if you've got uh, leaders who then bring in lots of people who are going to sit around and try and do things the old way, or are kind of used to doing a, yeah. doing it in a certain way, and don't have that mindset we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. around changing the way they do things, then again, you're going to you're destined to fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Um, And thanks, everyone listening for joining us um, to discuss everything DevOps on DevOps Decrypted. Um, We hope you've enjoyed everything that you've heard so far. So please let us know on social media at Adaptivist if you have or if you haven't, if there's anything you want us to talk about and discuss. Um, And we look forward to keeping that conversation going with you there. Um, So it's thank you from Matt Saunders. 
And from Joe Binkeravilla and Lisa Schaefer, um, thanks for listening. I'm Marie Greenfield, and this has been your DevOps Decrypted podcast, which is part of the Adaptivist Live Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>